Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above the level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life podcast, where we tackle real issues by examining the lives of real people and extracting real life solutions that are rooted in the wisdom of God. This is your host, Olaomi Brigway. Hi, this is Olaomi and welcome to episode 59 of the Super Abundant Life podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about something that I'm pretty sure a lot of us as Christians deal with and maybe even continue to deal with and that is falling out of the habit of prayer and what the consequence of that is. So my topic today is going to be on how to get your prayer life back on track how to get your prayer life back on track. I've had many experiences with this because at different points in my life, I've fallen out of the habit of prayer and, you know, getting back into that place where I'm being consistent in prayer. I've had to do that over and over again um, because seasons in life change, right? There are seasons in life and seasons change. So there are seasons whereby it is so easy. You're enjoying your relationship with God and everything is so beautiful. You're praying, you're studying the word, you're getting deep revelations, just having that intimacy and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And then maybe there's a slight change in season. Maybe you take on a new job or you get married or you have kids or whatever it is. And then you find yourself just slowly but surely pulling away from that place where you are spending time or investing time in your relationship with God. So what I want to share with you today are the keys or the strategies you could call them that I have applied over and over again when I found myself in such a slump and that have definitely worked for me. So I'm sharing with you what has helped me each time I found myself in a place where I'm not praying, where I feel dry, where I just feel like blah, um, where I get irritable because I've spent a long time not having that connection with God or with the Holy Spirit. So if you're in that place, and the reason why, one of the reasons why I'm sharing this podcast today in the current season is because I've actually, you know, noticed and I receive feedback from people, my clients, people that I talk to, or even friends, how it has actually become more difficult to pray. You know, people are working from home, they're homeschooling. There's <laughs> not one person, not two people, not three people have actually told me that they're working more now, or rather they're busier now that they're in lockdown working from home than when they used to go to work. And that's because everybody wants a meeting. People are just scheduling meetings in. So it feels like their days or their time is more is fuller if you can believe that. So, right? so it, it, a lot of people have actually told me that. One of the things that I've noticed with a lot of people that I've talked to, one of the things that has sort of um, slipped 
is their prayer life. So even if they were consistent in prayer before the lockdown and all those things, it now it's as if the first thing to go, right? And secondly, when you have to go to work, so you get up in the morning knowing that you're going to work, it is easier to be able to fit prayer time into maybe when you get up in the morning, you pray, then you have your shower, get ready for work and go to work. But if you're not leaving the house and all you need to do is just make sure you're sitting by your computer at nine o'clock, then it's a completely different ball game. If you work from home. So for me, when I made that transition to working from home, it was a shift that I had to make because you are not going anywhere. So you're like, okay, I'll pray later, but then you never ever pray later. And it became almost like very difficult for me to pray. So it was something that I had to, a shift that I had to make, right? And a lot of people are actually finding that they're in that place now where you would have thought that because I now have more time, I don't have to commute. I can use that to pray. You would have thought that it would be easier to pray, but realistically, realistically people are finding it more difficult to pray so that's why i'm actually doing this podcast today to be able to talk to you about the strategies that have always worked for me to get back in prayer to get back to a place where i'm being very consistent in prayer and i'm enjoying you know that connection you know what i mean now that sort of it's like you know taking a fish out of water that is really what prayer is like because when God is the source of our life, okay, let me start from there. The reason why we maintain a connection with God through prayer, through studying the word is not because, oh, you are now a Christian. Okay. Here's your Bible, read your Bible, pray every day. It's, you know, that is the mechanics of it. That's the operational side of it. That's not the why. The reason why we do it is he's the source of our life right? He's inside and he's the source of our life. He's the source of our joy. He's the source of our peace. He's the source of our wisdom. And if you keep, if you stop going to the source, all right, if you develop a habit of never going back to the source, what eventually happens is your storage or your store of whatever it is gets depleted. So let's say that I have a tank full of water, but the tank is not connected to the source. The tank is not the source. This tank is just storage. So if I keep drawing out of that tank and I don't somehow connect that tank to the source whereby it's being refilled, what happens is eventually the supplies will run really low and I'll, I'll, I'll be in need. So that's the reason why we pray because prayer is our connection. It's a spiritual connection with God. Every time you go into the place of prayer, you are drawing life because God is a source of life. You're drawing peace from him. You're drawing joy from him. You're drawing wisdom from him. And that's why prayer is the activity, the only activity that we should jealously guard with our lives. Not because of religion, not because God is going to be angry with me if I don't pray. That's nonsense, right? (laughs) It says, I will never be angry with you. That's what God said in Isaiah. It's none of those reasons. It's because like taking a fish out of water and expecting that fish to function outside of its natural environment. It's our own natural habitat is in the presence of God. God created us to live in his presence. So when we spend long periods of time 
away from his presence, you begin to feel out of sorts. You feel dry. You feel unfulfilled. You feel like nothing really happens. You are cranky before your husband or your wife says to me, you have given them 10 back because you're just, do you understand? You, 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 that sense of peace and of fulfillment is missing. That is the real reason why we pray. <laughs> it's the real reason why we pray, all right? So that we can draw insights from God because he is the one that has a blueprint. We go to him so that we can get the blueprints. We can get the wisdom to help us execute the plan or the blueprint so that we can achieve whatever it is God has put in our heart. So that's the real reason why we pray. So when you find yourself having gone long periods of time without actually going consistently. If, for example, let me say, if now the only time you ever pray is with other people, maybe at church on Sunday, or maybe when you join up with other people for prayer meeting and corporate prayer is absolutely crucial. It is necessary, but it cannot be the only time you pray. It can't be the only time you need that daily connection one-to-one with your father. So today is about helping you come back to the place of consistency in your prayer life if you're at the point where you're not being consistent. And if you ever fall out of consistency, if you're currently being consistent, then I assure you that these strategies will help you because I've had loads of practice. (laughs) As I said, I'm not going to sit here and say that all my life since I've been born again, I've always been on fire in prayer. It's not true. That can be true. So I can never say that. There have been times where I've gone weeks, in fact, months without really, you know, getting to that place where I'm actually communion and having that intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And I know the result of those seasons, right? <laughs> they weren't great. No matter how, how long it's been is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter. If you follow these strategies, I'm, I know they will help you too because they've not just helped me. So it's not just a personal thing. These are things that I've shared with people and they have come back as well with fantastic results. Okay, so are you ready? So the first strategy that I'm going to share with you if you're trying to get your prayer life back on track is this, all right? And this is probably the number one thing that holds us back from getting back into that place of prayer. And it is this, you need to get rid of the guilt. You need to get rid of the guilt. What do I mean by that? When we haven't been praying, the way the world or the the mind works is, is really weird. Because you might think that, okay, I've not been praying, so I should start praying. But you know that the longer you go without praying, the more guilty you feel and the more you don't want to pray, if that makes sense. So the longer you leave it. So let's say someone is very consistent in prayer. They pray every day. They study the word, they fellowship with the Holy Spirit, etc., And then they miss a day. They're like, oh, I couldn't pray this morning. I had to rush out or I was tired, etc." The next morning they will get up and they will pray not that big a deal. But if that person leaves it, if that person allows a thought to say, ah, I didn't pray yesterday. And then they wake up the next day and they're like, but I didn't pray. And they feel guilty. The longer they leave it, the more difficult it becomes to get back into that habit of prayer. Why? Because of the guilt. Guilt is designed by Satan to actually draw us away from the presence of God. That is the only purpose that Satan uses guilt for. 
There's no other reason. I did an episode about guilt and I spoke at length about how you don't even entertain guilt in any way because it's a poisonous weapon that Satan uses. The Bible says, come to the throne of grace to do what? To obtain mercy. To obtain mercy and then to find grace to help in the time of need. So the first thing that we approach the throne of God for, or the first thing we actually get is mercy. Meaning what God is actually saying, when you find yourself in a slum, God is not holding a whip or a koboko or a cane or anything like that saying, if I see you now, you know how, I don't know about you, um, like African parents growing up in Lagos, Nigeria. <laughs> if you've done something wrong, right? Your, your parents, your mom might say, if I see you near here, just get out or something like that. Saying, just generally, you know, I'm not really, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying this is what my mom did. I'm pretty sure she must have done so at some point. But generally, when a child does something, the the father or the mother is saying, I, I, I don't want to see your face. Leave this place. Go to your room or whatever it is. They say, go to your room, right? And somehow, we may have imbibed that, um, not truth, but like fact, that once I, if I'm not be praying, God doesn't want to see me. God is saying, go to your room. Don't come near me. Or don't come into my presence. Don't even dare say in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so you have that idea that if I've been bad, I need to be banished to my room. Right? Proverbial room, quote unquote. Right? But no, God says, come. He says, come. Come and obtain mercy. So the first thing that God presents to us when we come into his presence is mercy. Mercy. Come and obtain mercy first. He didn't even say grace to help. He said mercy first, meaning no reason for you to feel guilty. No reason for you to feel condemned. Come as you are. You haven't prayed in six months. Come as you are. Don't feel bad. Look, I'm yearning for you to come into my presence. Do you understand? Because we somehow think that, oh, because I haven't been praying, I feel so bad. That's feeling bad that you're feeling. (laughs) If I can use that language, it's not from God. Honestly, it originates from hell. Because if it's from God, why would God give you something that will push you further away from him? It doesn't make sense. He says, come unto me, those who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus keeps saying, come. God keeps saying, come. So why would he put a feeling inside you that will make you run away? So guilt is not from God. You need to treat it as a disease and get rid of it and say, no, I'm not going to feel guilty about going into the presence of my father. So the first thing, the first strategy is you must get rid of guilt. Don't feel guilty about it because the more guilty you feel, the further away you will go from the presence of God, the more difficult it will be for you to actually take that step towards beginning to pray again. I haven't read my Bible in a year. Ah, I don't even know, you know, God is not speaking to me. No, stop saying things like that with your mouth. God wants to speak to you more than you want him to speak to you. So get rid of the guilt. I mean, look at the template that Jesus gave us of prayer. He said, our father who is in heaven, it's a picture of a loving relationship. He says the first way you approach God is as a father, not as our earthly fathers that when we've done something wrong, they don't want to see you. He says, our father, it's a loving relationship. So get rid of the guilt, get rid of the guilt, get rid of the guilt. 
I'm going to go to God even if you start off and you say, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. And I say that you help me get back into the place where I'm praying again. That in itself is a prayer. That in itself is you reaching out and connecting with God. It's enough. It's enough, right? Don't run away from the presence of God because you feel guilty. Get rid of guilt. That's the first one. The relationship we have with God is not based on the law. The law has passed away. Do you understand? All right. The law has been replaced with intimacy. God himself now lives inside us. He's not holding a whip waiting to wank you on the head. Okay. That's the first one. So second one is the second strategy that I've used and has always worked for me is once I've gotten rid of the guilt, when I've come to the point where it doesn't matter, God is not angry with me. He wants to help me. So I'm going to start by just saying a one line prayer to say, Father, just help me get praying again. And that's all I'm going to do for the next one week. Father, just help me to the point where I'm praying again. That in itself is rebuilding a connection with God. The second strategy is this. You have to put God first by scheduling. So I'm going to make this very practical because I don't just want to come and share something that won't help you. The second step you must take is you must put God first by scheduling your time of prayer or Bible study or whatever into your calendar. As in you have to apportion a time and possibly even a space. You don't just say, I will pray. When? When will you pray? Where will you pray? Even if you say that, okay, I'm going to pray for an hour and I'm going to put in my calendar that I'm going to get up at six o'clock to pray for an hour every single day. Don't worry about actually doing the six o'clock to seven o'clock first. No, no, no. We'll get to that. Because remember, if you haven't prayed for a long time, it means your strength in that area is really small. So setting yourself some gigantic goal that from tomorrow, I'm going to pray three hours, 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. You're probably deceiving yourself. You probably won't do it. And even if you manage to do it, you probably will not last two or three days, right? So you take small steps. Well, the first thing, whether you show up or not, is at least first set your intention, Make it known to yourself that prayer is important. So I'm not going to put it as an afterthought. I, I want to pray. The proof that you really want to do something is to schedule it into your, into your day. Do you understand that? So it's like saying, you keep telling a friend, I'm going to come and see you. I'm going to come and see you. I miss you. I'm going to come and see you. And they say, when? So don't worry. I'm going to come and see you. If they ask you when the first time, ask you when the second time, ask you when the third time, and you keep saying, no, then you know that they'll just like emo for you that like, this one is not even serious. This one is just talking. Do you understand? They'll say, this, you're not serious. You're just talking. You don't really want to come and see me. Because proof that you want to go and see that friend is, I'm going to come and see you on Saturday at 7 p.m. Let me, let's meet up at social place. That is proof that you really want to see the person. Now, something may happen and you may not be able to show up. Forget about that for now, but at least by setting your intention and picking a time and a place, you are saying, oh, truly, truly, I want to meet with that person. So the second strategy is pick a time that nothing will be able to move you from that time, a time and a place. 
set a time and a place, an appointment with God. So put him first by putting him first in your calendar, in your schedule. And another thing you need to note here is, I always say this, the best time to pray is not in the morning or the afternoon or the evening. The best time to pray is when you will do it. That's the truth. I remember back on university campus, I went to University of Lagos and I was part of the fellowship. We used to have prayer meetings at, um, gosh, I forget what time now. Was it five or six? I don't, I'm not sure if it was 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. That we, you know, um, I think a couple of times a week or was it every day? I don't remember now, to be honest. And I would wake up about an hour or two, if I remember correctly, before that. So have my bath, have my shower and then go and pray. And then after doing my prayer, then go to the chapel to have the prayer meeting, etc. And that time of my life, Johnson, and I did that for many years, getting up at 3, 3 a.m. to pray. And I'll pray from 3 to 6, 3 hours, pray in the spirit, worship, study the word, etc. But it now turned out that when I, when I had a child, I could, you know, what I'm telling you now, listen. <laughs> These things are important because these are things that I've gone through. So imagine for many years, getting up at three and praying to six and just having that wonderful buzz of hanging out with God, walking in peace and joy and just walking in wisdom, basically. And then it, it got to the point where my season changed. My season changed and I fell out of the habit of getting up to pray. And I began to struggle, right, for a while with getting up to pray because I'm like, by force, by force, what I know is get up at three o'clock and pray till six o'clock. But then because my season had changed, life had changed. Like, how will I do this? Right? I had a little child, a baby. How, you know, get up at three, pay to see. It was not, it, it wasn't happening. But because I was like, that was the way it had to happen. Then if it doesn't happen like that, I'm not doing, I'm not going to pray. And of course I suffered because of that ignorance. I would never advise anybody to do that today because I know better, right? Then I began to understand that, ah, come on, if it's not working again in the morning, when can you pray during the day? It's not about when, it is the whether you do it or not. If you are adamant that you must pray in the morning, but if you go to bed really late and you're tired, your body's tired when you wake up, how on earth are you going to get up to pray? Some people actually, you know, they're night owls. Some people are morning people. Some people are night owls. So if you're one of those people that love to stay late at night and your energy is still really high at night, why not pray at night? Why pray in the morning? The best time to pray is not morning, afternoon, or night. It is when you will pray. For some people, the optimum time for them to pray is maybe at lunchtime. They go for a walk, and as they're walking, they're praying. I've actually done that at seasons in my life where my lunchtime for an hour was I put my earphones in, and I'll just go for a long walk, and I'm praying, worshiping God. Do you understand? As in quietly, so people didn't think I was like mad or something. But I was having a beautiful time, and it worked well for me. So you have to understand that you have to go with the season of your life. Find the best time when you are most likely to do it. So the second strategy is schedule God in first. Put him in first. So you sit down and think, when is really the best time for me to pray? And then put it in your calendar. All right. Set your intention. The same way you tell that friend, 
I'm going to come and see you and I mean it. So let's put it in our calendars now. Don't keep saying, I want to pray. When someone asks you when, you don't know. Where, you don't know. Okay? Time and place, set it. Until you do that, you can be saying that you want to pray. But me, I'm telling you that you are not ready to pray. Okay? So that is the second strategy that must be in place. The third strategy is this. People, especially, you know, if you've come out of um, like the whole sort of holy being moved by the Holy Spirit, etc., etc., we tend to think we leave prayer to chance. Like, so you say, okay, I'm going to spend an hour in prayer, and then you get up and like, you just start praying, right? And that is recipe for boredom, as in you'll be bored. Because, listen, you know that it is not every day that the Holy Spirit will be carrying you and you are just lost in the spirit. As in, as soon as you wake up and you open your eyes, songs of praise and of worship, angelic songs just start to flow out of you. And for the next one and a half hours, you're just lost in the presence of God. And you, you just do, you don't even want to come out of place of prayer. How many days have you actually had that kind of experience? More often than not, you wake up and you're like, oh, it's cold. I don't want to get up. So the emotion will not always be there is what I'm saying. And if the emotion is that will carry you where you are lost in prayer, if it's not always going to be there, then you need to have structure in your prayer. You need to plan your prayer time before you get there. Jesus said, which one of you wants to build a tower? This is one of my most favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Without first sitting down to say, do by counting the cost, say, will I have enough? Do I have enough strength to finish this project? It says plan, plan, plan. I started doing this many, many, many years ago. I don't just pray now. I plan my prayer time. So I know this is what I'm going to begin with. Okay. I know this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make confessions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to worship that. So you plan it that way. You don't run out of steam five minutes into the prayer. And then you are bored. They're like, I'm going back to sleep, Joe. This is not really exciting. If you keep leaving it to oh, the Holy Spirit is going to direct me, the Holy Spirit is going to take me in, you know, into the spirit. And then I'm just so overwhelmed by his love. Listen, no, it does not always happen like that. There are moments, there are days when that will happen, but it's not every day. So you have to go beyond the emotions to actually say, listen, I'm going to pray. And the only way you're going to be able to sustain that is to plan and structure your prayer time. Don't just get up and say, I'm going to pray from seven to eight. And then you just get up at seven and then you sing a couple of songs and then that's it. You're like, okay, what do I say next? Okay. So plan and structure your prayer time. Otherwise, it's a recipe for boredom. What are you going to do within that hour? If you say you want to pray for an hour, are you going to worship for 30 minutes? Are you going to worship for 15 minutes? Pray in the spirit for 20, whatever it is. Are you going to read the Bible, study the Bible for 15 minutes? What are you going to do when you have a plan? And you know that once I finish this, I'm going on to this. There is a flow to it that just keeps you going. In fact, in my, so I, I have this course, you know, that I do, um, that I've, that I've taught, you know, uh, for a few years now, and it is get your prayer life back on track, which is the title of today's episode. It started off as a challenge. I would do a seven day challenge. And every single time, one of the biggest feedback 
that I receive from people is my goodness, actually having a prayer structure revolutionized their prayer life because they always left it to chance. They always left it to, oh, I'm just going to pray as the spirit leads. And then you, the spirit, you're not even hearing the spirit because you're so sleepy. You're so sleepy or you're praying at night. The children are calling you. Your mind is thinking you are in different places. You can't even focus and you're expecting that you will be so in tune with the spirit to hear what he's saying. Just, do you understand? No, you can't leave it to chance. You have to structure it. And people have come back. I have several testimonies about this. They say, I didn't even know when the one hour finished. In fact, I kept saying, wow, you know, they kept going over the one hour because there was structure. Someone that was struggling to even stay two minutes in prayer, five minutes in prayer, would pray for an hour and they would not have finished what they planned, but the time was up. So structure, 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 plan, plan, plan your prayer time. That is the third strategy. The fourth strategy is prepare. So planning is to say, what am I going to do? So you structure it and say, I'm going to spend 15 minutes worshiping. I'm going to spend five minutes declaring, right? I have a prayer structure that I use that I've shared with people in my prayer course. Okay. The next one is preparation. If I'm going to spend 15 minutes in praise and worship, do you have a playlist? Do you have a go-to playlist that you're going to play? Now, remember, all these strategies are to get you back to consistency in prayer. Once you get into the point where you're praying again, you're regular in prayer, before the alarm even goes, your eyes pop open and you're already, it's possible to get to that point, but it comes with having been consistent for a while. At that point, you may not need a playlist. When you get up, the songs might just begin to flow out of you. That happens. But until then, when you're as dry as anything, you've not been praying. You now want to rely on your supply of the spray to bring the songs out of you please don't do that because you will go back to sleep you won't pray i'm telling you <laughs> so prepare in advance have a playlist what songs are you going to sing or play that you worship or sing along to in those 15 minutes have it ready all right if you say i'm going to make declarations for 10 minutes as part of my one hour prayer what are the declarations or are you just going to leave it to chance in your mind to start declaring you say two sentences and you run out of things to say why not go into the bible and map out declarations so pick one for your finance pick one for your marriage pick one for your children scriptures pick one for your health whatever it is compile them together and say i'm going to spend 15 minutes declaring Declaring these things when you are prepared, it makes prayer so much easier. Don't just go into prayer empty handed and say, I'm just going to rely on whatever comes out to me. When you are at a point, I'll repeat, where you've been praying, you're very consistent. Even then, I don't advocate it, but some people. I want to argue. So when you're at the point where, you know, it's just flowing out of you, you have put so much word in that it's flowing out of you, then do it that way. But if you're trying to get back into prayer, you must structure, all right, and prepare in advance. You must structure and prepare in advance. So those are the, that's the fourth one. So get your resources that you will need for prayer ready before 
you're going to prayer. So if you are saying my time that I, my non-negotiable time that I'm going to definitely pray is 6 to 7 a.m. or someone says 9 to 10 p.m. Before 9 to 10 p.m. comes, make sure you have your playlist ready. Make sure you have your set of scriptures that you're going to declare. Make sure you decide, okay, I'm going to read one chapter in Matthew if you're going to spend time studying the Bible during that time. So plan in advance and then say, I'll start with this, then I'll go to this, then I'll go to this, then I'll go to this. Have your resources ready. So that's strategy number four. And the final strategy that I'm going to share with you is this. Start small, but stay consistent. So I already alluded to this earlier on in the podcast today. I said, if you haven't been praying, if you haven't prayed for months, if the only time you really prayed was when you were praying with other people, corporate prayer, let's say in the last one year or the last three months or whatever it is, and you now say, oh, I just want to pray. So I'm going to pray three hours from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. and nothing is going to stop me. Yeah. Okay. You probably would not last 10 minutes. That's even if you get up or from that bed to pray. Do you understand? So how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Start small. Start small. You're trying to take on something when you, some like a mountain, when your strength is tiny, right? Your strength in that particular area at that point in time is small. You haven't been praying. So you don't have that capacity to say, I'm going to take on a five hour prayer marathon. You don't yet have that capacity. And if you try and choose something that is bigger than you, you would choke on it. And you may try the first day. You don't do it. Guilt enters again. And you're like, I'm just not going to do it. I just can't pray. No, what you want to do is to begin small. So what do I mean by begin small? I advise people. You don't necessarily need to say for someone that hasn't prayed for a long time, and I'm suddenly going to go and say, I'm going to pray for an hour every single day. So definitely listen to what I'm saying. So going back to strategy two, you have scheduled in that time. Okay. Schedule it in, I say six to seven. All right. I keep using six to seven, six, seven a.m. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that on the first day you must pray six to seven. If you receive grace and you're able to do it, fantastic. But aim small, start small. So what you want to do is you can even say, all I'm going to do is at six o'clock, because I've scheduled this time to spend with God, I've set my intention, I'm going to get up off the bed and all I'm going to do is five minutes or 10 minutes of praise and worship and then I'm going to bed. When you tell yourself that, listening to one or two songs, dancing, praising God, giving him thanks and going back to bed does not seem like a mountain. It doesn't look like Goliath. It looks like something doable because it's small. It's easy for you to actually do it rather than say, I must pray from six to eight. And then you don't do it. You set that grandiose goal and you don't do it. You feel bad. And then the next day you just don't want to get up again. So start small. Start with something easy to do, praise and worship. You can do, or you say, I'm going to pray in the spirit for 10 minutes and then I'm going to go back to bed. The most important thing in that season is not the completion of the hour. It is the showing up. The most important thing when you're trying to regain your strength in anything is to show up. It's not to actually do the thing perfectly. It is just to show up. 
This is a principle that applies across anything and everything in life. Someone wants to get back into exercise and you say, okay, I haven't gone to the gym for two years, but I'm going to go to the gym, register at the gym, and I'm going to go and exercise two hours every day, six days a week. You will just collapse. <laughs> so what do you do? You start small. You can say, right, I'm going to ease back into exercise. I'm going to make sure that I get off. One stop when they allow us to go out again, <laughs> tube station, one stop away from the where I would normally get up and walk. That is something that is easy to do. Okay. Or whatever it is for you, that would be easy to do. So this is a principle that works. Start small because the most important thing for you as you're trying to gain your strength back is showing up. It is gaining momentum. It is being consistent. It is not how well you do it. It is not how much you do. It is literally, have you shown up? So those are my five strategies that have always, always helped me get back to get my prayer life back on track. And once you start small, let's say for a week, all you do is you just get up, do your praise and worship for five minutes or 10 minutes and you go back to sleep. What you'll find is by the beginning of the second week, you've gained some strength before you know it progressively you are now praying an hour or more but don't try and jump in with little strength all right what that would do is you will get discouraged and you will go back probably even to a worse state than you were before you try to take on that very very unrealistic goal to start with so what are those five strategies again if you practice this i guarantee why because i've seen it work for myself <laughs> many times when I've fallen out of the habit of prayer and I've seen it work for several people that have taken my prayer course or done my prayer challenges and all that, right? I've seen it work. I have several testimonials to vouch that these things that I'm talking about work. So what are the five strategies again? Number one, get rid of guilt. Get rid of guilt. The reason why you're praying is not to mark a register. So because of that, God is not marking a register and he's not angry because you've not been praying. The purpose of guilt, the sole purpose of guilt is Satan's weapon to keep you away from the presence of God. God says, come and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The first thing God lavishes on you when you come to him is mercy. Okay. He wants you to come. God never pushes us away. He always is beckoning for us to come. So guilt will stop you from actually praying. So get rid of it. Get rid of it. Take that first step towards God and say, Father, I'm really struggling to pray. Help me pray. That is a step towards him and he will begin to help you. That's number one. Get rid of the guilt. The basis of our relationship of prayer with God, as Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven is a loving relationship. It is not a sort of master slave relationship. Number two, put God first by scheduling in your prayer time or fellowshipping time ahead of time. Don't just keep saying, Oh, I just want to pray. I just want to pray. And I ask you, so when is your prayer time? And you can't tell me where is your prayer place. You can't tell me if you can't tell me those two things, you can be saying it from today till tomorrow. I won't believe you. You are really deceiving yourself actually that you want to pray because you really don't want to pray. The proof, the evidence that you really want to pray is you will say six o'clock to seven o'clock. I'm going to pray. So if you don't have that specific time, and place where you intend 
So set your intention where you intend to show up to pray. You can say from now till kingdom come, you don't really mean it. That's the harsh truth. Strategy three, structure your prayer time. It is recipe for boredom to say, I'm going to pray for an hour and you have nothing except I'm going to pray. And you start, you pray five minutes and you like, what's next now? And you just go back and sleep or you go back and watch TV or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, that is easy to do at that time. So structure it. Say, I'm going to spend the first 10 minutes praising and worshiping God. I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes making declarations. Then I'm going to study the Bible. Then I'm going to pray in the spirit, whatever it is, but put structure, put structure. Jesus said, you don't start a project without first of all planning. So you see it through from the beginning to the end. This is what I'm going to do at the beginning, the middle, and the end. That is how we must approach everything, including prayer. Strategy four, once you have your plan in place, don't just show up empty-handed. Have your resources ready. So if you say that I'm going to spend 15 minutes praising and worshiping, then you just show up and you just want to start singing songs from your own head. You might start with the first one and you're like, okay, what do I sing next? No, I mean, you're even wasting valuable time. So have a playlist, okay? In the beginning, just have a playlist, play the songs and worship. What's the difference? Must the song come from inside you? That is part of the religious thing that holds us back. I mean, I should begin to worship. There are times when, you know, the Holy Spirit will just begin to flow from inside you and songs begin to rise. But if you're not there yet, you can use something to help you. Now use a playlist to help you. Nothing wrong with that. So prepare. If you say, I'm going to make declarations, do you have the scriptures ready that you're going to declare? These are things that will save God that time in prayer to make sure that he actually do it. Okay. And number five, the last one I said is start small. Because the most important thing for you to do is to be consistent. Showing up is better than perfection. If all you're going to do, if you say my non-negotiable time of prayer with God is six to seven, get up at six, no matter what. But if all you do is five minutes of praise and worship, then you go back to bed and sleep. It's fine. Do you understand? It is better to do that and keep doing it when you have gained more capacity, more strength, then you can extend it. It will even be easier. You won't have to force it anymore. You just find that ah, okay, after worshiping for five minutes, I just feel like, you know, keep, I just feel like worshiping more or I just, you know, want to begin to speak in tongues or whatever it is. It flows out of you to be able to do more. Those are five surefire strategies that will help you get your prayer life back on track in this season prayerlessness is not an option it is not an option this is the time to sow seeds for what is coming we're not praying for now we're praying for what is coming so put the right seeds into the ground so that when the season ends and we enter into the next season you are standing on sure ground you are not standing on shaky ground Okay, so use these strategies and I know they will work for you. Okay, so that's it from me today and I will be back next week. I want to hear from you. Use these five strategies and if you find yourself praying again and getting back into that place of joyous uh, fellowship, of 
peace in your relationship with God and everything, I want to hear about it. Okay. That will encourage me to know that all these things I'm doing are being helpful. I'm not just talking into the air. (laughs) Okay. So that's me done. And I'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye.